Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. As we come to the final um, part of the series, Calv sort of gave me a brief and he said to me, he said, why after 30 years or so are you still, you as in me, still growing closer to God and more compelled than ever? I felt, I felt like it was a compliment. You know, why are you still compelled to do this thing? Why are you um, moving forward? And he, he said it was an invitation for me to speak from my, what he called, deep well. And so I'm going to go to what is hopefully my deep well today um, and be a little personal in the process, um, but to call us and encourage us forward in talking about the burden is still light. Um, If I take you back at the beginning, though, to Calv's first message, we started with the scripture, the well-known scripture of Jesus, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And it's such a feel-good scripture, isn't it? But Calv, I thought, was very challenging when he said, we are drawn to a scripture like this, but we often don't experience our faith journey as a light burden. Sometimes it is anything but. I think we would nod with the scripture and we would nod with Calv's comment is that it's not as often we don't feel it in the same way. And so hence we had catching breath over the last five weeks, these eight messages, hopefully, which have taken us deeper. Um, The Moments podcast, which have taken us deeper. Tanya's um, uh, play, which takes us a little deeper. This thought of developing and growing. And Calv talked about at at the beginning, this journey, I guess, of being with him, becoming like him, almost as a prerequisite or a, or a precursor to um, doing the things that he did, as we so often talk about doing what Jesus did and how important it is to, for this to come out of a well of having spent time with him in his presence. And he, and he introduced us to something of Jesus's rhythms of life, fasting, silence, stillness and solitude, practicing Sabbath, valuing rest, fellowship and celebration and spending time reflecting and studying the scriptures. And since then, in the series as it's unfolded, we've, we've touched on virtually all of those things and given ideas and opportunities and, um, and, and encouragement, I guess, for us to be experiencing those things. And now we come to the end of the series and the idea is, well, we don't live in there anymore, but hopefully there's something that's birthed in us that we would go forward different rather than, oh, that was an interesting series, what's the next series? You know, kind of, what, what do we do next? But we live somewhat at least in the in the, in the, uh, the path, the journey that we've made, the path that we've traveled. And so a month ago, as Calvin opened it, his message was, the burden is light. And today, uh, my, my message is the burden is still light. And as I consider my four decades, really 30 years um, of Christian life, 38 years I think I've been a Christian, I've been a leader most of that time. And I think by and large, as I, as I reflect on myself, if I'm able to for a minute, I still feel like I've been able to remain fresh and optimistic and expectant 
And, and in that, I think the burden indeed is still light. Um, I bear many scars from 38 years, but I still feel like the burden is light. And I think this has happened for two important reasons. One is that I set some good foundations early, and, and I think I almost did that by accident, but I value them so much, and I'll talk about them in a minute. And the other is, though, and importantly, is that I've continued to re remain open to God, to continue to re remain open to the things that God wants to do. I have this little internal check that I do, is that I would like to think that every five years, the last five years has been the best five years in terms of growth, in terms of development. Not necessarily the most, I don't know, fruitful or successful or, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of made the most money or, you know, kind of successful, those things. But with the sense I could reflect back and say, you know, the last five years I have grown and developed and, and, and God has worked in my life in a way that I've never seen before. And I think for a lot of us, possibly our first five years would feel like the most important and most uh, life-changing. You know, when we first met Jesus and we realized that he loved us and our sins were forgiven and all of this sort of thing, and, and, and we, sort of, we sorted out aspects of our life and those sorts of things. And, and sometimes we get stalled there, whereas I think the invitation is God, of God is for us to move on from there. And just a little example for my own life, I'm, I'm studying at the moment with, um, to, to, to training to, to become a spiritual director with a, a course that my wife Fran runs. And um, it's a formation program, which is the thing that I've been particularly excited about. So 57 years old, been a pastor for 20, 27 of those years, Christian for 38 years, and I'm in a formation program. And I'm loving being formed. I'm loving um, sort of working, you know, sort of seeing my inside life and, and being encouraged and coaxed forward. It's just a wonderful thing. As part of an assignment, I ref, I've read three books on prayer in the last, in the last couple of weeks. And I feel like, um, maybe incrementally, but I feel like it's changed me. I feel like I'm a different person today than when I was when I last stood here and spoke. I feel like I've grown. I hope you can see it. I hope you can, I hope you can know that, that that is something that I'm doing. And I hope that that's in some ways inspirational to you. I read this old book on prayer. Richard Foster, you might have heard, him, heard of him, perhaps with the celebration of discipline. Came across this type of prayer called the prayer of relinquishment. Never heard of it in my life. And I practiced it. And it was life-changing, you know, within the last couple of weeks. And it's like, this is the invitation of God for us to be growing, for us to be um, moving forward. And so the Bible says that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I, and I feel like at my best, and I'm not always at my best, but I feel like at my best. I've, I've seen some of that happen. I think that is an invitation of God for us going forward and into our future. And if I, could, if I could nail it down to two words, I think those words would be foundations and invitations. I think it's all about foundations, invitations. I want to explore that a little with you. And hopefully that would be a kind of a helpful thing as we go forward. And when I come to the end of my message today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, do what we haven't actually done a lot in church. I'm not exactly sure why, but I'm going to invite you to come forward. I, I don't know if you'll all come forward or none of you will come forward or some of you will come forward. But I'm going to invite you to come forward 
to, to, to enter a new phase of your journey, maybe to set some foundations or maybe to accept the invitations of God and we're, and we're going to pray and we're going to ask for God to move. And maybe even that invitation is indeed an invitation from God. So just, just keep that in the back of your mind. Would you come? You know, or would you, or would you stay? You know, would you come or would you stay? And, and, and what, whichever is the right thing to do, do the right thing but it may be an invitation for you. So just to be aware of that. So foundations first, you know, in Jeremiah 17, it says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fare when heat comes and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious and it does not cease to bear fruit. And I thought about this, you know, kind of in the whole context of foundations. And I thought, well, what's a picture that would show that? And kind of I went for sort of, you know, your, your, your kind of cheesy Christian picture in a sense. And I'm thinking about foundations. And it's like this tree that's by the water. And, you know, kind of we know with trees what you see on top. There's as much under the ground. And there's this sense of substance and permanence and, and being there. And you just know that, you know, kind of, I don't know, climate is going to change or there's going to be droughts. There's going to be times of, you know, kind of where the, where the water come, you know, comes in a torrent down that, that, that um, river and it's going to overflow those roots. But there's something permanent about it because foundations going down and roots do something really significant. And, and I, have, I have bored many of you over the years by talking about some of my foundations. You know, kind of I, I've put down my foundations. I've always felt has been the Scriptures, you know, regularly in the Scriptures, church, weekly in church, generosity, you know, kind of starting with tithing and going beyond and saying, yes, those have been the four foundations really of my life. I, as I said, by accident, you know, kind of by just, I started doing them. Someone said, someone preached it one day and I said, that sounds like me. I'm going to do that for the next 38 years and the rest of my life is going to be the foundation of my life. And it continues through this day. Those are the foundations that I have established. And these foundations, unbeknown to me when I was a 19-year-old, just sort of going out on this Christian journey, they have led me through good times and bad. And so they, these foundations literally have led, have, have led me through the facing of death, literally. Um, those foundations have been significant to me. These foundations have led me through and seen me through um, the regular times when I felt like I, I, I have failed, when I felt like, you know, kind of, you know, I would say in 27 years, I have left church more often feeling like I've failed than feeling like I've succeeded. And it's foundations like this, you know, kind of feeling like, well, I didn't preach as, as well as I'd hoped I might, or, you know, kind of there weren't as many people there, you know, kind of it's a crushing thing for a young pastor as I thought there might have been. Or, you know, kind of I, I gave that invitation in the end and nobody came up, you know, kind of I've, I've left sort of, you know, kind of sagging more often than I've left feeling king of the world. And it's foundations that have brought me back the next week. It's foundations that have, have said, you know, no, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try again. I'm going to I'm going to work again, and foundations are really important. So how foundations formed? Well, I, you know, I kind of it's not very helpful to say. Well, I, I found my foundations by accident, but I think we can be really deliberate. We can go towards foundational things. What are foundations that will take us? through from here what do we do well I think we pray I think we ask God I think we go deep 
And if I was to give you some, you know, kind of, you know, for, for young men and women who are here, maybe for somebody who's starting out on the Christian journey, or maybe you've been on the Christian journey, feel like you don't, you know, kind of what would I say if I was asked my foundations? My, my sort of little hunches or clues would be to look for key scriptures, scriptures that you just, when you, when you have heard them, you resonate with them and you feel like this is me. And so for me, a key scripture has been, and it's really never changed, Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will fall into place. That's not what it says, but that's my version of it that's taken me through. And so you get to an age, you know, kind of for me, and, and I, I'm, I'm surprised um, sometimes because people come to me, you know, surprisingly often, and they sort of say, what do you think I should do? You know, should I buy this house or, or, or that house? Or should I take this job or that job? Or should I, should I, you know, marry that person or that person or something like that? You know, kind of big things that we think about in life. And um, I always say I haven't got a clue. Yeah, so I don't know. And I always think, well, is it the right question? And my question is, I, I kind of never say this because the, the, the question's really important to them. But my question is, or my, my assumption is, or my thinking is, if you seek first the kingdom, all of these things will fall into place. It's not that it's not, it doesn't make it easy to make any of those decisions. But I've always had this sense of this foundation, am I seeking first the kingdom? You know, seeking first the kingdom is something that sustains me through so many things. Um, another scripture I have is Matthew, uh, John 6, it's in the 60s, I can't think what it is, but you know, kind of um, everybody's abandoning Jesus. Jesus says to the disciples, you know, kind of, are you going to abandon me too? And Peter says, Lord, where shall we go? Because you have the words of eternal life. It almost sounds a bit negative, but for me, it's a, it's a, it's a gobsmacking. It's like, I've nowhere else to go. And I love it. I've found it. And that's where I want to stay whether I feel like Jesus is close or not, it's a foundational thing for me. And so we allow these scriptures, key scriptures maybe, to salt our decision-making. So I think, you know, sort of it's not so much, you know, I have determined that I will never, you know, kind of commit adultery or something. It's like I have determined that I will seek first the kingdom of God and why would you ever commit adultery when you're seeking first the kingdom of God? It's sort of, it's like, you know, because it's a key to your life, which can, brings on to the second thing, which is key principles. And so kind of key, if I can call them principles, you know, church is important to me. Um, generosity is important to me. I can measure that. Am I still generous? Am I more generous? Saying yes has been important to me. Another key principle for me has been um, the idea that God is. God is dot, dot, dot. That's a, it's a really significant thing to me. Even if I don't feel it, even if I don't know it, even if it doesn't seem to be working out, I, I know that God is. And then I can extend it one more. And, and it's this, 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 God is good. And even when it doesn't feel like he is, and even when I can't see his goodness in this thing, I know that God is good. These are principles that are foundations that I think have been sown somehow into my life. This is the person that I am. And good foundations make your burden light. That's, you know, the burden is still light, Calvin. Good foundations make your burden light. That's my learning um, over, over years. And so I guess, you know, what I'd love you to think about, you know, kind of going forward, and you might know them already, but what are your foundations? And, you know, don't choose mine. I mean, I think mine have stood me in good stead, but it's like they belong to me. 
they could belong to you, but but what would belong to you? It was just like you know, well, I am a person, you know, kind of who does this, and and, and through through all of the you know kind of um, ebbs and flows of life, that those are the things that I'm going to hang on to. That's a, a really significant thing. So, what are my foundations? Would be the first question that I would ask you today um, to think about as you go. But I've discovered over years that good foundations are not enough. And I wouldn't have said that 10 years ago. So I move into the second part of what I want to talk about today, which is the invitation and the ongoing invitation of God. Because you don't live in your foundations, you live on your foundations. I thought that was genius when I thought about it yesterday. You don't live in your foundations. Wow, who said that? Pierre. Can I say that you don't live in your foundation, you live on your foundations. It's like, man, some, can someone tweet that? I don't know how to tweet, but can someone tweet it? We also need to respond to God's invitations, and those are progressive. Those are moving us forward. Because as important as foundations are, they aren't adventurous foundations. And as important as foundations are, they're not colourful And foundations aren't awe-inspiring. They're buried, usually. Foundations aren't invitational. Foundations don't move because they're foundations. Foundations don't provoke. They don't call forward. They don't encourage you to dare to believe. So foundations are very interesting. Foundations alone, I think, can make you boring, uncreative, and even judgmental. That's what I've seen. I've seen in myself. I don't need to accuse anyone else. I've seen it myself. And so if foundations can be illustrated by a tree beside water, I was thinking, well, how can you illustrate God's invitation? And the thought that I had was just this idea of light playing on water. And this this picture, in a sense, is a bigger picture than just light playing on water. I love light playing on water. But this whole idea of... You know, you just know that this is, a, this is a moving picture, that that sun is not going to be in the same place, you know, in half an hour's time. It's going to be over the horizon. And you just know that that water is not going to be the same. The tide's going to go out or the tide's going to come in or it's going to flatten or it's going to get bigger. And you just know that the figure who's going in, who may well be me, is something is happening there, he or she, but I think it's a he, and if I call it me, um, is clothed. And there's, there's something about it that says, hey, hey, do you know what you're doing? It could be dangerous out there. You know, kind of would just stay safe on the beach or something like that. And yet there's something invitational, I think, about there that says this is going to be the adventure of a lifetime. How amazing is it going to be to play with this light, this day, this growing of this whole invitation to be alive and to feel it and to do something that's, that's different and is going to grow you. James Fowler famously talks about six stages of faith. And it's, a, it's a, a wonderful study if you ever want to do it or just Google it. This is this idea if we get, if we get trapped in a stage of faith, we, we get, um, you know, kind of, we just get stuck along the way. And so it's, 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 it's uh, ex- to be expected that we would move and grow along some sort of, you know, growth um, um, process with God. One of these books that I've been reading, Holy Invitations, Jeanette Backer, um, she talks about seven stages of prayer, which I think are quite helpful in the context of today. 
awakening, studying and learning, questioning, receiving and giving, going deeper, radical outlaw. I love that acknowledgement of the mysteries. And so I can, I can almost chart my own life in this, not in prayer, but in just in life. I had this awakening 38 years ago, and I studied and learned great foundations. And then I had my questions. I didn't get my car parked. That was, that was a, a problem. And then, and then I continued to receive and give, and I went deeper, and, 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 and that was great. And radical outlaw is sort of, it's actually got a, a few more words than that, but I just love that. It's sort of, it's the decision to give it all again and again and again, and sometimes we decide not to. But the radical outlaw is to say, am I going to continue to do this so I can recognize that in myself? And then finally, an acknowledgement of the mysteries. And I think we're always in all of those, but just to show there is a process that's going on here. And I think it's to be welcomed and invited. I, I just think it's a fantastic thing. So God is always inviting us forward. God is always inviting us to know Him more. God is always inviting us to become like Him, to trust Him, and yes, even do things for Him out of who and what we are. I think Jesus was saying something way more to Peter and way more to us when he said, put out into the deep water and let your nets down for a catch than on a beach in Galilee, there was better fish out the right side of the boat than the, right, the left-hand side of the boat. I think he was saying something to us that would, that would be our lives, that would how we would go forward, that would be what we were always um, embracing and going towards. And so these days... Um, it's rare, to be honest, that my foundational um, practices really wow me. So it's rare, in a sense, for church to wow me now, because I've done a lot of church. It's rare for reading the Scriptures to be wowed now, because I know the Scriptures quite well. It's rare now um, for my generosity to have a sense of, and God just gave me so many things back. It's rare now for saying yes to make me feel, you know, kind of I'm right in the presence of God. Still do all of them, still believe all of them, still planted by the water because those are the things that are strong in their foundation. So hear me right. I'm not saying that those things are bad things. Still in them. But I got flattened as I said, by, by a prayer of relinquishment, which I'd never heard of until two weeks ago, and I prayed. And it's like, that was an invitation of God that I never knew before, built on a foundation. And I, I have encountered overwhelmingly in silence that we've talked about a little in this series, the move of God, or on retreat, or on sharing my spiritual journey with a spiritual director um, and learning new things because I'm, I'm kind of wired that way. And these for me, on top of foundations, have been adventurous and colourful and awe-inspiring and invitational and moving and provocative and they've called me forward and they've dared me to believe all over again. It's like the best of both worlds, foundation first and then, the, and then the light begins to play on the water. Then the fun begins because the invitation of God can be made. And so I, I terribly put together the two pictures 
Oh, don't laugh. I used all of my computer skills to merge those things. See, I'll go away discouraged because I failed again. Man, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all right. Isn't that pretty good? I, I was wishing Briar was here or Calvin or somebody, and I had to do it like that. But from a place of foundation, we get to explore. We get to grow. We get to, we get to encounter God in new ways. And we can do it without the fear that, but what if I lose my foundation? Because we've planted deep and we know deep what we are. And so for me, you know, kind of things like, and, and, and again, this will, this will send a shiver up some spines, but it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, a, con, I'm a conservative. You know, theologically, I'm, I'm conservative. I have loved hanging out with liberal people theologically more in the last 10 years than ever before because I thought before that they would, that they would, you know, kind of pull me away from something and said, I've learned from things, you know, for, um, you know um, orthodox, you know, reading orthodox theology has just, it's just broadened me like nothing on earth. It's just magnificent, I think. And I've become happy with questions without having to have answers. Oh my goodness, a good question from the foundation of God is, is amazing. And almost an answer would be disappointing because it closes the conversation. I love that. I have fewer fixed positions. You have to believe what I believe. And, and I've, I've boiled it down to two. I preached this a couple, of, you know, a couple of months ago, Jesus and love. You know, and I know that we can argue about, you know, but, what, you know, but, but you know, kind of in our heart of hearts, Jesus and love of what we know that's really significant. I've come to believe that God's absence or his distance is always an invitation to something new. It's never his disappointment. It's never his withdrawal. It's never his refusal to speak. It's his invitation to something new. And when I wake up one day and I feel God is gone, it's like, this is adventure. This is not failure. This is invitation. And I follow that invitation. What are you saying, God? I've come to realize that as I grow, so does he, which is not my line, but it's a favorite movie line or a favorite book line that you may recognize. So how do you discover God's invitation? Well, what's wooing you? What's inviting you? What's risky maybe? What's going to take you outside your box? What are you scared of? What have you held at arm's length? What would be outside your comfort zone? What feels like the greening of God, if I can borrow from Hildegard of Bingen in the 12th century, you know, the green finger of God and follow that trail? You know, but what about my foundations? You've laid your foundations. Your foundations are secure. Then you get to play. You get to live on top of your foundations. And so these are important questions because as much as foundations make your burden light, so does following the invitations of God make your burdens light. And at that point, you never grow old. You're never old to follow the invitations of God. You're never sort of like, I've heard everything and I know everything. You're never old because that's what God is doing. I love Joy Cowley. Uh, some of you will know her. She's a, she's a children's author, a novelist, and a poet. 
New Zealander, member of the Order of New Zealand. You know, she is she is a New Zealand icon. 83 years old, lives in Levin. Um, you've probably sat with children on your knee reading Joy Cowley. I love this poem. <laughs> this poem might make me cry. So this morning we walked along a beach. This isn't even the part that will make me cry. So, <laughs> whew, this is a little hard. Which seemed to be full of God's araha. Sky, sea and sand, they were all alight. Splash and dazzle, sparkle, shimmer, dancing in a celebration of love. Everything around us was praise. Then we came to a bed of shells. They were lying halfway between the tides. <laughs> what a line, as neat as a parable. Man, I could never have thought of a line like that. As neat as a parable. And here's the, here's the killer. Seven lines, darn it. Some of the shells were turned up like cupped hands filled with gift. All that was beautiful in the day was contained in their openness. All that was beautiful in the day was contained in their openness. But others were turned face down with their backs to the celebration, enclosing nothing but their own darkness and emptiness. And it's like, God, help my, help my life, my hands, my shells to be open to, to the beautiful day and to be filled with the things that you're doing. Help me be like that. That makes my burden light. When I'm like that, light, dark, full, empty, open, closed, yes, no. It gave us something to think about as we walked along the beach. Ten years ago, I would have never quoted a poem in a sermon. And now I'm moved by a poem and a sermon. It's the invitation of God building on foundations. It's a magnificent thing, a magnificent way to make our burdens light and stay light. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.